Hey, this is Innovator Vaughn, Tommy Dreamer, and you're listening to Matt Madness taking all your wrestling information to the extreme. Go Eagles. They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. They talking all of Hello, this everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Ron Pashery, and with me this week are my good friends, Mr. Sexy Punta Cana, then now forever, All Systems Joe, CK All Joe Rodermill. Rocking out. <laughs> and Mr. Wednesday Night Live, we call him Alo, the ladies call him Balo, Aaron Lloyd. Oh, Pash, before we get started, uh-huh. I, I just have to c- commend Mr. Disco and Sea Cane over here. <laughs> <laughs> Joey, I have a New Year's Eve party, basically dressed, not, I don't think intentionally, but ended up being dressed basically as Disco Inferno. Yeah, I, I was feeling that, uh, that Disco Inferno vibe the more I looked over it. Yeah, and then the, the like the picture he danced show, showed us like you were doing the, the point, yeah. <laughs> it was just, it's so perfect. And uh, so it, it, I didn't it realize just, it. Not to cut you off, but I didn't realize it. And Joey showed me a picture of Disco Inferno in that outfit. I was like, oh my god, was that on purpose? He was like, no. I was like, I have to get a picture and send it to the other Matt Madness guys. And I was very happy <laughs> that it got the reaction from you guys that it did. <laughs> and then the and then the story of you having to carry Joey on your shoulder, baby. Joey, and I forgot my keys. Joey was <laughs> Joey was asleep almost instantly when he got into the into the Uber, and yeah, gets to the front door only to find out that he doesn't have his keys. And it was what three o'clock? I would guess. Yeah, it was a little after three 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 fifteen ish. Yeah, it probably was later than that. The funny thing is, the Christmas party ended like two hours later than the New Year's party did. Maybe more than two hours later. I feel like that's not usually how it goes. No, it's usually a little reverse. Yeah. Uh, But yes, Joey looked fantastic. I may have to just post that picture (laughs) on the social media this week. It got more fantastic as the night went on, too. Yeah. I was wearing other people's garments on top of (laughs) it. Yeah, but Joseph, how much did you say you spent on that at Foreman Mills? It's like 30 bucks. (laughs) So... A thirty bucks, very well spent. Very well spent. I have a on disco, disco inferno, inferno outfit. No. <laughs> well, you had one. The vest, I believe, is destroyed. I I went back to the look at the uh, remnants, but I have enough. I think yeah. I think the black vest was ripped, <laughs> basically in half by the end of the night, and you weren't the one who did it. No, <laughs> I saw it happen. Um, but yeah, Alo, I'm glad you brought that up because I would have forgot about it. Uh, I've been battling a cold and now a sinus infection for the last, God, eight days or something like that, nine days. My voice is still not where it's supposed to be. Hopefully by next week it will be back to normal. Um, Subscribe on iTunes. Leave a five-star rating and review. Obviously the biggest news in wrestling this week is All Elite Wrestling. They had, what what would you call it, that they did on the 8th? A rally. A rally, okay. In Jacksonville with son of Jacksonville Jaguars owner, I think, what is it, Shahid Khan, his son Tony Khan, is running the company. Um, It is here. It is official. They have actual talent signed to their roster. Um, And to me, the biggest story, obviously, is that they have Chris Jericho under contract, who... 
in my opinion, is the greatest wrestler of all time. Uh, how huge is that, that they actually have Chris Jericho under contract with All Elite Wrestling? Joseph, like, are you surprised that Chris Jericho is now property of All Elite Wrestling? I wouldn't say surprised. I mean, after everything that happened with um, the Omega fight and whatnot, I heard uh, him and Vince McMahon were kind of on rough seas. But um, it's good. It's great. It's a great move for them. It's a good first step to kind of get some attention drawn their way. I mean, you got one of the biggest names, arguably, in wrestling, kind of kind of help promote pr- promote your brand. And he even said, like, this isn't about money. This is about changing the world or something like that. I'm paraphrasing. Um, so, like, he's there just because he sees this is a big deal. I want to be a part of whatever this is. Ayla, what are your thoughts about Jericho? And did you have any doubts that Jericho would be signed? Because I think even last week we were saying we hope he does, but we weren't sure if he would. Uh, I'm glad you said that right there mm-hmm. because I because last week I forgot to bring it up, but there was a sheet going around that Jericho and someone you're pretty fond of <laughs> were, was involved in it, and that was William. <laughs> yes. So I forgot to bring that up to you, but I think it's a big deal uh, – First of all, I just want to, I just want to congratulate all those guys for actually doing this because this is a bit of a big deal, and like their whole, their whole tagline of change the world is even even before they started AEW, you could see that that that's what they were doing, and the world of wrestling was moving in, into a different, was, the world they were changing the world of professional wrestling basically, and make and for the better, and I talked about. All in when me, me and the guys went. I told you I had no problems with that show at all, the crowd at all, because one thing about those all in was the, the fans. They were there for them. Yeah. You know when people. Yeah. So, so when you go to WWE show, the crowd tries to hijack the show and let their quote unquote voice be heard. But at all in, they were there for them. So I just want to congratulate them, congratulate those guys. That's some real boss stuff right there that they did but with Jericho being involved I think it's great because we'll kind of get into this later but a listener question but he's good to have around because he knows the ins and outs of the business he knows more than the Bucks and Cody he's been he's he's been around Vince McMahon and all the producers in WWE for almost a lot for about Actually, yeah, about 20 years now, even even going back to his WCW years. So I guess like he's been a, almost a 30-year career. So it's good to have him around to, to pick his brain for him that gives suggestions. And I'm sure that it also gives the company a name that they actually that, – the, that the casual fan actually knows. Branding. Because hmm. a lot of to- – because like we might – like a lot of time I think we overestimate how much a lot of people know who these guys are. Not everybody does because you, now, like now that the, the elite was for more of the hardcore fan, but now they have to kind of drag in and bring the casual fans in. And Chris Jericho is one of those people that can actually help bring those casual fans in because they know the name of Chris Jericho. They and, know and the Fozzie. name, yeah, and Fozzie, <laughs> yeah, obviously. <laughs> everybody very familiar with Fozzie at this point. Judas, Jericho's, ever heard it? Yes, he, he walked out to that yesterday, right? <laughs> I'm not sure. I didn't, I didn't pay it any mind. I think that's what he came out to. Um, but, <laughs> but as the cat is about to, to jump on me from the rafters. Um, it's going to pull a uh, Owen Hart. <laughs> it's, yeah. <laughs> it's Sting. Yeah. <laughs> it's Sting, yeah, the crow up there. Um, but, yeah, Jericho, I believe his 20th anniversary of his debut in WWE is in August. 
Yeah. So it has been basically 20 years, 19 plus years. Uh, he's maybe the only guy that's in his late 40s that is worth watching at this point. Yes. Like that that's one of the th- I mean that's one of the main reasons why I really thought about it last year and came to the conclusion that he is my personal number 1 of all time because not only was he great when he was young, great in his prime, like he's great he was great in the attitude era, he was great in like the ruthless aggression era, he's great in this era when almost nobody is great and he's great when he's older. And, like, not many guys could be this good at this age. And some people might say the last four years of his career have been better than almost any other four-year stretch of his career. Everything he has done has become a huge deal in the last four years. I don't know if it's just that he knows, like, somewhere in his mind, like, I know this will work. I don't know if even if something doesn't work, he's committed enough to keep doing it and eventually it works. But almost everything he's done, other than Rudy Tooty Booty, <laughs> everything other than that has become a huge deal that he's done. Um, yeah, I think this, to me, like this alone would make me tune in every week if they had a weekly show. Oh, they are, they're, they're, they're going to. Have there been any more reports about it? It's going to, reportedly, it's going to be on one of the Turner stations, either TNT or TBS. Hmm. I, I can only assume an hour-long show. Um, I think that would be best at first, yeah. at least, because uh, I, uh, I'm not sure where it's, I'm not sure where the discussion is going to steer. But I think an hour is best for them because one, everybody's attention span, and they don't want to they don't want to be too long-winded, and a lot like when it comes to the the, TV, the weekly TV shows, including Raw, SmackDown, Impact, you got Ring of Honor. Uh, I can say WWE is the most conservative from an in-ring perspective out of those shows, and I think an hour of, of quick, fast-paced action would be perfect for them, for at least for now. I think that's what it should be like in perpetuity. Like they should never steer from that. Uh, the other thing about Jericho that I think is a huge deal is I talked last week about the the decline in ratings, and I'm not trying to be Vince Russo, but the fact that in four years they've lost almost a million viewers per week on average is a significant loss. And now this company has brought in someone that a lot of those 900,000 people that stopped watching may tune in to watch. Like, I've seen a lot of people talk about, well, how many people are really going to watch this? Like, there's only 2.5 million people watching Raw every week. One, the two and a half million idiots like us that are still paying attention to it, <laughs> most of them like wrestling enough to watch this. So I have to assume they will get probably close to half of that crowd to watch. And I think a lot of the people that have dropped off in the last four years will say, oh, I'll give this a chance and watch this. So like, I wouldn't be shocked. Let, let's just say I'm throwing a date. Let's say the first... I don't know, Wednesday in March, they put a show on, TBS, TNT, whatever. I would not be shocked to see it get a similar rating to Raw because it's going to be hyped up. Like, all of the IWC is going to be pumped up to watch it. Like, I I wouldn't be surprised if even outdid Raw in the ratings that week. Do you think I'm overstating? I love the air quotes. Yeah, yeah. 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 (laughs) 
Yeah, you you are because this is yeah because this is ultimately going to test the hardcore fan because we always talk about WWE. They book to a casual audience. What you're supposed to do because every 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 week you have to assume you're getting new viewers. So I I agree with that aspect. But the thing with AEW is in comparison to WWE, they're going to be ju- like the guys that come to them first are going to be the hardcore fans. It's then after that, like I said, when it comes to Chris Jericho being there, from that point, you have that's when you get the more casual fan to tune in. And the fact that it's on TNT of all, going to be one of the Turner stations, which is a big deal. Now, I think, I personally think that they they should avoid being on a Friday. They need to avoid that at all costs. Yeah, you don't want to take the weekend. Yeah, because Impact just got moved to Friday at 10 of all times, ain't so. I think the Murder. perfect, <laughs> yeah. I think the perfect slot for them is on Wednesdays between seven to nine. I think that's the perfect time spot because they're not going to get Thursday because it's NBA on TNT. That's that's assuming they're on TNT and TNT runs NBA games Mondays sometimes. So I think Wednesdays will be perfect. But it's going to take a while for them to actually get up in the ratings. But the fact that it's on one, a, a high-end broadcast cable network is a really big deal. Yeah, it might take a while, but I can see that first first airing kind of being something special. Yeah, yeah. I might pull in. Now, see, I have no doubt they'll come. Well, like we, like we always, like, like actually now, the rate, what, what's the raw rating like between what a high, the high ones so. has been? I was going to get into that a little bit later, but yeah, so the the Christmas, I believe the Christmas Day show or Christmas Eve show, whatever it was, uh, Christmas Eve, I believe, did 1.75 million, yeah, which was the lowest rated Raw in history. And then the New Year's Eve show, they did, I believe, 1.93 million or 1.98 million, something like that. I can't so really count them, though. They did two weeks in, in a mind. row. Well, they did two weeks in a row under two million, and then this week, which is the first live show they've done in three weeks, they had Lesnar was on the show, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cena was there. Like, what else was going on? Ronda Rousey is on the show. Yeah, they did the. Uh, the they they only Ronda got two point three million, so that they they can't see that as a good rating to get their first week back live. Like, I, and I believe the same week. Last year, they got like 2.7 or 2.8 million. So it's even down from that week <coughs> last year. I would be surprised. Now, again, I'll, I may be proven to be an idiot for predicting this, but I firmly believe All Elite Wrestling will get 2 million viewers on their first show. I was going to say between 1.3 and 5. I think they're going to be close to 1. 2. 1.3 and 5. That's a 1.3. Yeah, I, yeah, I know, but I now see the thing. Like even with all in, when it came to the tickets, I underestimated them because I didn't think the tickets would sell out. In what was it, twenty nine minutes? I underestimated that from uh, underestimated them on that. But like I like, like I said, this is going to test what the hardcore fan really is, and how many people actually know them. Now, Grant, they sold out a whole weekend. Now, and I said one point. I'll, I put this. I'll put it this way. I'll pick one. I'll go. Bet- I'll go at one point five million. V- Viewers, I think it's going to be close to two, if not two. And my reasoning is this. And again, this is not scientific, but like I firmly believe no one person is like 100% unique. Like 
there's overlap that we all have, like, so someone like me, for example, who has said for numerous weeks, like, I don't want to watch WWE. Uh, they waste my time every week. I think their show is boring. They clearly don't put an effort into making it good. I would rather watch this new promotion than watch WWE on Monday or Tuesday. And I guarantee you that there are a lot of people like I know I am not unique in that feeling. Um, so like I have to believe that if, if Raw's average is, I believe, 2.8 million viewers per week. And right now it may even be a little less, like 2.5, 2.6. I really believe of that 2.5 or 2.6, I believe close to half of those people that watch Raw and SmackDown will watch this. And then I believe there's a significant chunk of the one plus million people that have stopped watching WWE or that only watch New Japan or only watch Ring of Honor or whatever or only watch NXT. I believe a very high percentage of those people will watch this. So that's like where I'm coming up with the close to two million. I think they will get like a million plus viewers who watch Raw and SmackDown. And I think they may get close to another million people who don't watch WWE at all. Um, and again, I may look foolish in a month no, or two no, months, no, whatever. No, I'm saying I don't think you're far fetched at all. But now it's just like, like I said, it's this is going to test how the hardcore fan really is, because. I said WWE they book for the casual fan and they don't book to the hardcore fan like they're count like the hardcore guys they're going to watch this it's just everybody else is going to watch it. and this is just the first episode we're talking about we're not talking about it as a whole I, I I do believe that in the long run they will get higher ratings in WWE I have no doubt in my mind maybe after the first couple of months that they'll have higher ratings than Raw and SmackDown yeah SmackDown's interesting I never really look at their ratings I guess because that's never really been a focus. For WWE is the SmackDown rating, so I've never really thought about it too much. Um, but yeah, they're they're routinely, I feel like below two million viewers. So like I think to me, I think they're like between like one point eight and like two point two, and like a high week for them is maybe like two point five, two point six. Um, I don't know. I'm very interested to see it. I would have to imagine that. Vince and the McMahon family is not very happy. Did you hear that uh, two guys, they they went to SmackDown in AEW jackets and security didn't let them in? I did see that. Um, so this is interesting for me. This puts me in a very weird tightrope to navigate here where I am staunchly anti-WWE and anti-the McMahon, the McMahon family right now. And I am also very staunchly anti the people who do nothing but complain about WWE, but buy tickets to go and boo or, you know, buy merchandise. Like, you are a part of, like, you're the main reason why WWE doesn't have to change anything. Because you hate it, but you keep giving them your money. Sounds like a Daniel yeah. Bryan program. And, <laughs> and fickle. Yeah. <laughs> Like, so yes, I did see that. And the one guy, the video that I saw, that this idiot didn't even say the letters right. He called it A-W-E. <laughs> it's A-E-W. Get it? You're wearing the shirt. Get it right. 
AEW. It's not all wrestling elite. <laughs> but I got, I got. First of all, I wanna I wanna applaud you <laughs> for embracing AEW so quickly. But um, Cody had the best response to this. Cody said that. Well, can you blame him? We we just we're across the street. We've been here for hours. I can't I can't really blame him. Oh, were they in the same city? Yeah, they were both in Jacksonville. SmackDown was at the arena. The, the rally was at the, was at the football field, and they're they're like across the street from each other. So Cody's thing was like, well, I can't really blame him. We've been here for hours in front of. They're basically across the street from their show, so I can't really blame them for being upset. Yeah, and to me, that solidifies the idea, because I remember talking about this months ago, saying that if they ever did something like this, it will piss WWE off. And I'm not saying they're going to compete with WWE or topple WWE. But it will change things. But they will be a thorn in WWE's side, and the fact that this happened already tells you that they already are a thorn in WWE's side. Um, and I try not to curse too much on this show because I don't know the age of people listening, but so excuse me for this one time. Like I saw something on Twitter, like a couple different threads of people complaining that they were disappointed in the rally and what took place at the rally and saying, Oh, I thought it was going to be more. I thought it was going to be this. I thought it was going to be that. What the fuck is wrong with you? Like, you literally only want to complain. Like, you should be supporting this. This is everything you've said you've ever wanted. And you're still finding a reason to complain about a rally. It wasn't a wrestling event. It wasn't a show. All they really were doing was, like, saying, hey, we're doing this. We're announcing some stuff. This is a big deal. Like, we're here. And you're like, oh, I don't like the way they told us they're here. Now, now like, grow the hell up and go the hell home. <laughs> Now, 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 Pash, you know me and you have similar views on most things. Do you think – and I'm glad we're talking about this. I'm, I'm glad we're talking about this this week instead of last week because this week we know way more mm-hmm. about AEW. So do you think that they're competition to WWE or no? So it depends. In some yeah. ways, yes. And in yeah. some ways, no. Okay. okay. Like yeah. if you want to talk about like this company is nowhere near being big enough to get – a deal with a network like Fox. So, no. And, like, huge advertisers, if they're going to dip their toe into wrestling, are going to go to WWE because that brand is just so huge. It is bigger than pro wrestling itself. But it is competition in that it is a legitimate alternative for talent. And these guys have, I think, enough name value now where there are significant talent out there that they will be able to get to sign with them that WWE won't be able to. Yeah, or talent that's kind of uh, signed to WWE and then ignored. It's it's an avenue for them to go. They don't have to feel stuck in a promotion that's not using them correctly. Right, like, so yeah, and to Joey's point, like, somebody who's pissed off in WWE, it's like, oh, I'll just go with Cody. Yeah, cause, yeah and we talked about that a little bit last week because, um, like... I have the roster in front of me right now, and this is a really good start starting roster they, that they actually have. They have a lot of guys that we actually love and know. So I'm going through the roster right now. It's Cody, Brandy, The Bucks, Hangman Page, Jericho, Pac, formerly known as Neville, Joey Janela, Penelope Ford, MJF, uh, Britt Breaker, Chris, and, S, and um, SCU. Like, 
for a start, that's great. Oh, and don't forget the partnership they have with OWE and prep or, and it's indie prep to prove. So I have no doubt that <laughs> I'll be entertained. But I think Zeta like, was re- wrestling o- OWE shows. Who Zeta Zang? Really? Okay. I so think she's, I think she's wrestling with them like right now. Really? Okay. I Friend think of the so. Show. Friend of the show, and uh, Kenny hasn't been announced yet because we still up in there, which he's going to do. And uh, but you have to assume that he's going to sign with AEW and. Everything you said about WWE is completely accurate because they're not a wrestling company, as we say on this show all the time. They're into so many other things. As terrible as 2018 was on, for television, their stock was up 144. percent I meant to bring it up that last week, but we didn't bring. But I meant to bring it up last week, but we didn't talk about mm-hmm. all the wrestling last week. But I'll bring it up now. And they don't care about ratings don't matter anymore. And they set themselves up to succeed. They got a billion dollars for SmackDown, and they got what, a billion and a billion and a quarter or a billion and a half for Raw with their, with their new contract. So they're set up for success. And also with the Performance Center, they don't like this is going to this is also going to be a, a thing to watch, too, is for free agents like or guys that are independent who are going to choose between AEW and WWE because AEW is giving out. I saw a report that they're pretty close to WWE. I'm not sh- deals. I'm not sure if they're like exclusive contracts that you just exclusive to AEW and you can work indies. I'm not sure how, how that is, but that's going to be like a really big deal. And you also, uh, with how Vince was like upset about what they did this past week on SmackDown, well, during, well, on Tuesday when SmackDown was airing across the street, I heard this on a friend of the show, Marty and Sarah's podcast. <laughs> they, um, they talked about how petty WWE made me come with them because the guys from the guys from AEW, well, the quote unquote vice presidents, Cody, uh, the bucks, they're friends with some of these super WWE guys. I know Cody and Zach Ryder prep saving wrestler now are pretty tight. And they, Cody and Xavier Woods are very tight. Yeah, you see, you see them together all the time on Instagram, and you kind of got to wonder if they're going to start talking contracts. And hey, you come when you contract up. Hey, you gonna come here? I give you this. I give the same thing. You can still work, you, and you can work indies. And you can only imagine WWE might see a picture and just say, "Oh, you're talking contracts," and they might file a tampering charges or something like something like that. They may become that petty, which I I would not think is too out the um, the ballpark. It's not to a, it's a, not a hard thought at all. That definitely would <laughs> yeah. be where the, the avenue they would go to if 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 need be. They did it with Madison like Square Garden. Garden. Yeah, and when it comes to <laughs> yeah, and like when it comes to the ta- when it comes to the t- like talent, like they also prepared themselves for talent because they they built the performance center, and we always thought we always knew that even Triple H just said this that sooner or later that they're going to stop going to the independents. They'll always be always be scouting, but the bigger names on the indies they may not end up in WWE because WWE's going to create their own homegrown talent. And we have some of those guys right now in the main roster that we actually do like. And the independents they're always evolving, and like who knows? Like there's a few guys on independents right now. Like they got this guy named du- I'm looking at this guy named Dwayne Johnson. I'm looking at, this guy named <laughs> I'm looking at I'm looking at uh, Ashley Flair. I'm looking at Lexi Kaufman. <laughs> Ashley like, Flair. <laughs> I'm looking at people like that, and WWE is always going to evolve, and they set themselves up to succeed in the long haul. 
And AEW right now, from the inception, is not going to compete with that because WWE is not just wrestling. They're everything else except wrestling now. Yeah, so, like, yeah, there's going to be some aspects of the business where they are legitimate competition <clears throat> and some aspects where they're not and where they probably never will be. Um, the, the, other, uh, the other kind of thing that I think with AEW is they have the benefit of, like, they're starting fresh. Like, WWE, if I stopped watching WWE for the next five years and didn't pay any attention to wrestling, I would go back to WWE five years from now and have, like, an idea in my head of what it, what it is. And some of that is negative. These guys are brand new. They're creating something new. There is no, like... Like, one of the reasons I think I'm so fed up with WWE now is because I know I've been fed up with them before. And these guys are starting something brand new where there is no, like, negative feelings towards their company. There's only positive. And, Joseph, I know you are someone who, like, you watched TNA back in the day. Yeah, I watched a little bit of TNA. Just intrigued with the wrestlers, the promotion, what they're doing, if there's anything different. Kind of things like that. I mean, curiosity. Is this something that you feel like you would make a commitment to every week? At, at start, I, I would probably try to make a commitment to it, um, depending on what I'm watching and how how drawn I am to the to the wrestlers would be would kind of determine the longevity of how much I, how long I watch. Yeah, I mean, obviously, if it's not good, you're well, not going to keep watching it. But it's not even that it has. To, it's like, oh, that's not good. I can't. I can't stand that. Is it enough compared to what I'm used to? compared to what I grew up watching to keep me captivated, keep me coming back. Because I'm still be watching the WWE brand and then add another element in there, am I going to be able to make time? So you don't, you don't think there's a chance that this could like overtake one of the two shows for WWE? There's always a chance, for sure. So you're not ruling it out? No. Okay. To me, I'd rather watch this than the Monday or Tuesday night show for WWE. Um and I'm very much looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to hearing more announcements. And to me, the most encouraging part is that they have legitimate money behind them. Um, like I'm assuming one of the wealthiest people in the world is behind this whole thing. Yeah, That's what I we think, always talked about. Yeah, yeah. I, he's worth more than the McMahons. Yeah. And uh, the other thing that I wanted to talk about, I lost my train of thought a minute ago, but I just remembered how amazing is it that – Billy Gunn is part of the behind-the-scenes crew <coughs> for All Elite Wrestling. Uh, number one fan of the show, Brian Gerard James. Uh, I hope you're not too heartbroken that your former tag team partner is now sleeping with the enemy. <laughs> Would this, this be a turn? Yeah. yeah. You think Billy's listen, Billy listens to the show now? I know Billy doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> But Brian, Brian, he's a, he needs to continue to start continue to listen. Yeah, Brian, you may have to start working a little harder on Tuesday nights. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't have a whole lot else to add other than here's another benefit that they have. You you listed maybe what twelve people they have under contract right now as like in ring talent. Yes, twelve at the most probably. Let's assume they sign another twelve people. That's enough talent. To do a one-hour weekly show, yeah, because it well, yeah, because it'll be probably three matches, four max, and you'll get promos, and 
you don't have a and like you can see the guys you want to see, and they don't have to wrestle or be overexposed. There's another feeling I have about it that I hope, and it's already being proven that people are doing this. Uh, I'm hoping that people aren't going into this with like a specific idea of what they want this to be. Like, I want this to look like this. I want them to do this. Because that's when you start not liking something. Because you get way more invested in your predictions being right than what's actually unfolding. Like, you stop caring about watching something unfold. Uh, I talk about this with Lost all the time, where a lot of Lost fans started to resent the show because they were like, oh, this is what I think is going to happen. And then when it wouldn't be that, they'd be like, oh, well, this sucks. It's like, no, it's it's just not what you said it was going to be. It doesn't mean it's bad. Yeah, because that goes back to the whole self-entitlement thing because even though we're fans, I think certain people, they they think that they're they're writing and booking the show for them. Right. If you compl- and if you complain individually, then they'll change it for you. But you can't cater to everybody. You have to cater to the majority or you just do whatever the hell you want. Yeah, I think what you should be doing, you should be taking a page out of the, the gospel of Sam Hinkie and <laughs> – You should have a process in place where you're looking at all of the talent you have. You're looking at all the talent outside of your current company. You're looking at all your current storylines and all your perspective storylines. And you just make the best decisions possible. You shouldn't be booking the show for a certain set of fans. Like You shouldn't be booking it for a certain age group. You should be just doing the best show that you can. And then people will watch it if it's good. Like You can tell... They know that what they're doing is not good and is not being received well. They just don't care enough to change it. Um, I think the only thing they care about is not doing anything that's too controversial that might scare a sponsor away. So my hope is that these guys, and especially with Cody being involved and Billy Gunn being involved and with Neville being involved, these guys will kind of know some of like what not to do. And it'll make it easier to make a good product. But I do think... Better decisions. Yeah. I do think there's a chance, though, that fans will make themselves not like it as much as they should because they want it to be a certain thing. And the odds of it being executed exactly as any individual fan wants is very low. Um, Does anyone have any other thoughts on All Elite Wrestling? Any, like, predictions? Any... Theories, anything that they really, any talent they would love to see get signed there, any WWE people you're hoping to see go over there? Um, well, I talked about this last week. I think that WWE, <laughs> well, AEW is going to make the way, WWE change the way they uh, book their shows to a bit. I think that you'll see more, more of the guys that we like or well, that the consent, the consensus likes as champions. Because that that like that people make a big deal about who the champions are, so I think you'll see a lot of guys elevated to champions, and they'll kind of, they'll, they'll try to please certain people to kind of make sure that they don't go to AEW. Yeah, the, I, more, I, the more popular AEW gets, the more it's gonna change the product that we see on on the on the WWE brand. Yeah, it's just yeah, gonna it, affect it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. WWE they're gonna have they're gonna have to do things to to, to alter their show to, to to get people talking about them and making their show a bigger deal than AEW. But uh, somebody I think that I'm glad they got signed was MJF because Pat talked about how he looked how like at All In 
his match wasn't that great, but the big stage just fit him. Yeah, it was like he belonged there. Yeah. Like and, he um, had all those little things that like the things you'll see on Raw that you don't see at an indie show, like the facial expressions or like the way you interact with the camera or whatever, or the things you'll say in the ring. He had all that stuff already. Like he's a young guy. He's never been like on TV, at least not regularly. And yeah, when he walked down that ramp, it was like that guy belongs on that stage. And the only times I had ever really seen him, I saw him at a, a CZW show last last summer, and I saw him at House of Hardcore a couple times. So seeing him like on a pay per view, like on a show that I actually like went on to my cable and purchased, and see that guy walk out, it's like, oh yeah, he's he belongs there. Is yeah. like a big deal, and that is a good guy for them to get. Yeah, and, like he could be like kind of like their Miz. He could be that villain that you love to hate, but. Because, but, but actually, but like, I, I can't really say that, but you know what I mean? Like you just love to boo him, mm-hmm. you know? So I think he'll be the breakout superstar that they have. And like I said, when I named the roster, those are all big names from independence or other promotion that were inside. Uh, Joseph, is there anyone on the current WWE roster that you would like to see leave the hell that is WWE and try their hand in all elite wrestling. Kevin Owens. So you'd like to see him jump back with these guys that he's... Yeah. I see well, what you do. He's locked up for five years. I know, I, I know, but we're just throwing uh, hypothetical fantasy <laughs> situations out there. I'm trying to think of who I would most like to see. I guess the person I would most like to see do it is Sasha. Because I think she could thrive in a different environment. I think they take for granted how good she is and how popular she is. And the other person, and this won't be popular with one of our co-hosts, but I think it would be interesting to see Zack Ryder because I know there are a lot of people that actually do like him and think he's very talented and think he's only not a bigger name because he's been held back by WWE I obviously wasn't watching when he did the whole internet champion or whatever the hell it was. Um, I hated that, by the way. But that was like, that was like something he did on his own that was relatively popular, right? Yeah. So like he clearly has shown an ability to to get over with the fans. So yeah. like that might Captain be a guy people to kind of pull. Yeah, he's like a big name in that he's been in WWE for a long time, and a lot of people who watch wrestling. At the very least, know who he is. If he walked into a room, they would know it was him. So that would be a guy that might be interesting to see on that platform. But by the way, uh, the prep uh, Zach Ryder is popular now with prep. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah, because of his podcast or whatever. Yeah, all's forgiven. His talk show. <laughs> yeah, all, all's forgiven. Prep even mentioned him in his uh, Instagram story. So all's forgiven. No, he's, well, big, he's big on Zach. Yeah, he's you. He's Zach's number one fan now. Yes. Um, so WWE, the only things I have, I have in my notes the fact that Sasha Banks beat Nia Jax to be the number one contender against Ronda Rousey for the Raw Women's Championship at the Royal Rumble in two weeks, or I guess a week from Sunday. Um, or is it two weeks from Sunday? I don't two know. Two weeks from this Sunday. Whatever it is, the 27th. Um, two weeks from Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Um, I know. <laughs> you seem very sure about yeah. it. I couldn't even deny it. Uh, 
You'd think I would be happy about this development, but I'm not because for the two weeks leading up to it, it's not really going to be that big of a deal, and it's just not going to be that big of a deal coming out of it. I think the match itself will be good, and I'm looking forward to seeing the match itself, but I think every other aspect of wrestling that goes into it I think will be meaningless with this. Um, you would hope not. I mean, you you're looking at probably some some better exposure than Sasha's gotten in a while, um, some prime time exposure, and the fact that you know she'll put in a quality match puts her back in the spotlight. Um, I kind of feel ultimately coming out of this, you might see a Sasha heel turn. I mean, I'd love that. I feel like this would be better if she was the actual legit boss character as opposed to the I was born to do this character. That she's been doing for most of the last three or four years. I don't know. Like the the one I guess positive that comes out of it is Rhonda did say with Alexa Bliss that she hopes she has somebody in mind that she hopes is her challenger, the unsung hero of Raw, like the person who loves this more than anybody else, and she specifically named Sasha Banks. So that that alone maybe maybe kind of almost defeats what I'm saying about it being meaningless because there probably is some meaning in that. But I just feel like ultimately this whole this whole match is going to end and Sasha Banks will be in no better position than she was before. Uh, did you watch this, Alo, or no? Yes, I did. Do you feel like this is something or do you feel like it's nothing? Now, see, remember when uh, the McMahons and Homage, they uh, talked about they were going to New matchups, new faces, and stuff. What, voted the worst promo of the year for Eric, or worst yeah. angle, but <laughs> yeah. my bestie. Now, see, things like this, they kind of, they try to, they hook me in because I'm on my fan for Sasha Banks is on is on is on your level. I'll give it to you a, by a, by, a, by a slight margin. But this is what I wanted to see, and just from that small glint that small promo with with Nia saying bitch what line like I popped for that because that was like the old Sasha Banks that we know that we know and love and I wish there was more of a build to this more than we're gonna get we're gonna get two raws out of this I wish there was more out of it because what one thing I want them, I want done is I don't want Bailey anywhere near this because she's gonna take away from Sasha Banks being Sasha Banks and that's why I want Bailey away from this. And I had no doubt, like the the promos, Sasha's promos, I think will be great when she whenever she does cut them against Ronda, because when it comes to Ronda's and her, and her people cut promos against her, they take they take like they take shots at her. And I think Sasha Banks one of the is one of the best ones that taking taking jabs at somebody. But now, see, if they want to like make like storylines like make sense, but they haven't mentioned anything about. Well, on SmackDown, David, Charlotte and Becky haven't really mentioned anything about Ronda really costing them the title. I would love if one of them costs, costs Ronda the title because that would kind of make sense. But then at the same time, I really wouldn't want Sasha Banks to win the title in that type of fashion. You would, so, but I mean, at least she gets the title. And then what you do from it with that point is, you know, where you yeah, go. It wouldn't yeah, be and too that, bad. Yeah, and that, yeah, and that's what that's what scares me. Like I have no like I'm really excited for the match because this is the match I wanted to see because I believe Sasha's the best woman that they have from an in ring perspective. I think she'll give Ronda her best match. I have no doubt about that. But 
like it's like I'm excited, but I don't know the outcome, and that's the problem when it comes to WWE. It's like kind of you kind of can prejudge what's going to happen, and when something like AEW now, you know, it's like <laughs> it, 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 it's new, and you don't know everything they're going to do. Yeah, and that that's why I say like I should be excited, but I'm not because they have enough of a track record of I get excited about something, and then I'm like, oh well, the build should have been better. And then the match is good, and then whatever happens afterwards wasn't good either. And it's like, oh, so it was, it was nothing. And, like, you got me again. Like, almost everything. You got me, say, WWE. Yeah, you like, that's, that's how I feel. But if nothing else, like Alo said, it's a match I've been waiting for, been looking forward to, and I do think will be good. I think he's getting his robe. <laughs> getting the silk robe out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other thing I have from WWE main roster is... Uh, Becky won a triple threat over what Carmella and Charlotte. Yeah. Yes. To now earn a title shot against Asuka at the Royal Rumble. I mean, it's cool that she's got a title match, but am I being a dick by now? Like, I'm disappointed that she's not going to win the Royal Rumble. I've been wanting that for so long. Now, now, now see the thing. This is interesting because if you have a if you have a title match early in the night, you're usually not in the Royal Rumble. But they did this with Roman Reigns a couple of years ago, where he lost his Universal title match and still ended up in the Royal Rumble match. Now, due to double standards, <laughs> Becky could enter, if she loses, say, let's say she loses the Oscar, Becky could enter the Rumble, lose, um, lose the Oscar, and the Rumble, win the Rumble, and people would be completely okay with it. Completely okay. Oh, yeah, I would, I would completely say, like, all right, I was wrong. If that's what happened. And if she wins, she challenges <clears throat> Ronda, which would be awesome. But that would also mean that they would need that match to be before the Women's Rumble, which I... Because didn't they do, like, the Women's Rumble match early in the show last year? No, it main event at the men's was early. Oh, okay. All right, never mind that. Duh. <laughs> yeah, I, I drank quite a bit <laughs> that day. Um, and there was a lot going on that day. <laughs> yes. A lot of anger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> So, again, I think this will be a good match, but I'm like, uh, and maybe I'm doing the exact thing that I'm chastising other people for doing. I say I want this certain thing to happen, and then it makes me not like what they actually do. So, you know what? I'm not mad about it anymore. You're going to keep it open mind. Yes, I just hope it's a good match. And I hope, I really, I think what bothers me about this, though, is I've just seen the writing on the wall for so long that it's not going to be Becky against Ronda at WrestleMania. They're going to force Charlotte into that match, and we're not going to get that match that we should have gotten two months ago. And that will really piss me off. No, we're going to get that match. It's just a matter of when. Because, like I said, that idea I just threw out there, I think that's, that's, that's probably what's going to happen. But somehow, some way, Becky will be involved in that match. But you have this, But we already know Becky or Charlotte is winning the Royal Rumble. Yeah, I just want Becky to get that match with Ronda at at WrestleMania. One-on-one, I don't want a triple threat. I don't want Charlotte to be part of it. That's just not what I want. Um, But that's all I have from WWE. Do either one of you have have anything that was worthy of discussion on WWE this week? I mean, there was things here and there. Like you said, the the Sasha angle was fun. Go ahead. What were you going to say? Did you happen to catch um, – there was two things I wanted to bring up. Did you happen to catch any of Seth and, and, and H last week? 
Yeah. No, I just I know that they had like a backstage discussion. I, I Pretty don't know much if that's face to face. Yeah, uh, last week was face to face in the ring, mm-hmm. where Triple H was basically challenging Rollins to be his old self and burn it down, quote unquote. And then the thing, the best part was he, this is the perfect person for him to put a to to light the spark in Seth Bob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just when you want to get Seth Rollins to that next level, put him in there with Bob. It'll make him really interesting. Yeah. So and that was the first thing I saw on social media was like Seth Rollins is in a brawl with Bob Lashley. I'm like, you just made me not care about watching <laughs> Seth Rollins. Yeah. So uh, they, I think they did a really good like, – like remember we talked about a few weeks ago about Vince and, and H were going back and forth about what they wanted for WrestleMania. And Triple H was on Seth's side, and Vince was on Braun or Galloway's side. I can't remember which one. But it looks like Triple H got got his wishes because this is kind of like building Rollins up a bit to actually look, to make him look like he can actually win the World, the World Rumble. He's, he's my pick right now to win the Royal Rumble. What do you think, Joseph? I kind of flipped back and forth with that. I mean, I was thinking maybe uh, Cena Almas would be a great guy to kind of push at this point. Um, but I, I, yeah, I don't think so. So you would love to see it be Almas, but you don't think it's going to be him? No. Do you think it'll be Seth? I think it'll be Seth or, or just another surprise guy coming back. Um, Finn Balor posted something on Instagram today. That was a picture, I don't know if it was a filter or whatever, that had him aged to be like a 60-year-old. Yes, yes. And it said, like, my title shot is coming soon or something like that. I died at that. I thought it was great. Uh, <laughs> any chance that Finn has a chance to win the Royal Rumble? No. Chance but slim. Maybe like a 10? 10%? 10%. Who would you rather see win it, Seth Rollins or Finn Balor? I would think, and this is just me, Finn Balor, because I think he needs it more. Like Seth has had a lot more time to shine than Finn has. Well, I think Seth could do it and get in the title picture, could kind of make his way into there without the, the, the rumble. I mean, he doesn't need it. It would be just quicker to do it the rumble way, where you throw Finn Balor back in there. He never really lost the title. You play that out. It's a good angle to get him in that title picture, where Seth, you could just throw him in any time. Yeah. True. No yeah. one fight it. That's true. Uh, Alo, what was the other thing? Oh, gosh. Um, <coughs> Did it have to do with Miz and Shane? No, but thank you for bringing <laughs> that up. They have a tag team title match at the Rumble, and I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> I think that's going to be fun. The only thing I saw from that was Shane asked him, do you think we can win? And Miz said, I know we can win. And Shane was like, "All right, base, all right, let's do it," or something I, along I, those lines. I, I gotta give it to the Miz. Like I bought his little, his little speech. Shane, <laughs> <laughs> I bought into that. But uh, I don't think I, I don't think I have anything else. I thought it was fun watching Daniel Bryan braid customers. Oh, he was by like the concession and the merch stand, right? Throwing stuff at people, telling them they're, they're sheep, essentially. So we've talked about this at length, especially when like the heel turn like just started. Are you happy with the way it has played out? So far, yeah, because I think he's fully invested into the character. Um, it kind of gets to the point where you know how I am with Daniel Bryan. I, I want to hate him because 
garbage he's talking. Yeah. <laughs> so he's his character. So he's he's getting heat from you. He's getting heat. <laughs> and Ayla, what do you think about the the Daniel Bryan run as a heel? I haven't been all too in love with it. Be- like it worked when he first turned heel years ago because he came off funny. But this is just like I said, if you have like a new look, but at the same time he's staying true to himself and he's like being himself. Like I said, like I say, he looks terrible. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but so he's like he's staying true to that, talking about vegans and and you people, what you're doing to the environment, sort of stuff like that. Like I like that part, but it's it's just it's kind of rough. You know what you know what this heel run is kind of reminiscent of. What it's kind of obviously not the same exact content, but the style of it I feel like is very similar to John Cena's heel run on Total Bellas, <laughs> <laughs> where it's just like a ridiculous, overblown version of what he actually yeah. is like, like with all the rules <laughs> and all that stuff, and criticizing everything everybody does, and. You know, all the men go to, like, the cigar room or whatever at the end of the night, and the women all go in whatever room. I feel like this is Daniel Bryan's version of that. Like, the guy who lives off the land, like, all this stuff, that's what he's doing. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, because <laughs> now, now I remember I want to talk about, did you catch John Cena with Becky last week? I I did see, the the only thing I saw was, like, what she said to him, which I think was the most important thing to see. That, like, what did she say? Basically, like, if you have a problem with that, uh, Nikki Bella isn't going to be the only the only one to drop the you this year. Woman, the, the only woman to drop, drop you this year, or something like that. Becky Lynch is incredible. Yes. And John, I mean, I know we joked about it on the show last week with some of those comments on Instagram, but not his best look at all. Not no, hair uh, is yeah, I, I, yeah. I'm glad you, I'm glad you said that too because. <laughs> John Cena is proven everything that I say about a breakup is actually true. <laughs> that he's just unraveled. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 there's three things you do when a breakup. You go to the gym, which he has, because he lost. He he doesn't look right. He he lost all that weight. He looks great, but he lo- he doesn't. He lost all that mass. So he went to the gym. He got a haircut, a bad one at that. And the only thing he needs to do is get a dog. Which he may have, for all we know. <laughs> he went to the barbershop and said, well, give, me, give me the JBL. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly per, what Per Total Bells and Divas, he hates dogs. <clears throat> oh, that's but right. who knows? He may, he may have come around after the breakup because Nikki really hurt that young man. Yeah, he needs a companion. And now she, isn't she dating the guy that was her partner on Dancing with the Stars? Yes, Savage. Like, <laughs> I, that's what I was going to say. That is cold-hearted. <laughs> It really is. Uh, yeah, he does not look right at all. Uh, and you guys no. know I was not a fan of like the the thugonomics scene, but I'd rather that than <laughs> than this. It's 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 weird to look at. It is. I don't know another way to put it. It it's is like, like uncomfortable still, to look at. And he still wears like the 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 three X shirt. It doesn't look right no more because it, it has so much extra space left. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just yeah, you're right. It does it does not look right. No. He's, he's got to start cultivating the mass again, I think, in my personal opinion. Um, I mean, developed out of, out of the uh, two things that I kind of took away from this week where they had, like you, you mentioned, um, McIntyre. They had him out there on the mic talking 
talking with John Cena, which is kind of a big push in his direction. Right. Kind of shows you the companies behind him. Out of that, we got a nice, nice little match from that with uh, Seth Rollins, John Cena. It was it was a solid match. And my other would take is that a six man tag or just a tag team? Six man. And my other takeaway from from SmackDown was the um, Ali uh, Rey Mysterio yada yada four way match was a really good match. I thought it was it was fun. Prep was selling me real hard on Mustafa Ali. Not that like I don't like him, but I always thought he was really fun to watch, like as a cruiserweight. But I probably have to give him a chance as far as like an actual main roster guy. You do. He's been which, good. Which I haven't. I honest to be perfectly honest, I have not given him a chance. Yeah, he's so. really good. He's been really good so far. I don't know if he'll ever be in the main title picture, but he's good. But yeah, he could be a guy, which is more than what you could say for a lot of the the two hundred five live guys. I'm sure. Um, yeah, the, you've touched on everything that I had any idea about. On and I know Andrade had a win. Yeah, he pinned Rey Mysterio. Oh, okay. in two thousand eighteen, Andrade Cien almost pinned Rey Mysterio. <laughs> Rey's Ray's, uh, ring gear was looking a little weird, though. That was that was yeah. not a good look. Phil yes. actually texted me last night. Who now he knows I haven't been watching, but he just texts me at random and says, "Is that really Rey Mysterio, or is it just another guy saying?" There's another guy that they're saying is Rey Mysterio. And I was like, "No, that's actually him." So I don't know if he did look bad this week. The ring gear looked ridiculous. Yeah, but Phil was not sure that it was it was not of the belief that it was actually Rey, the same Rey Mysterio Jr. that he grew up on. <laughs> Um, in ring style, I would say, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Wrestle Kingdom 13, Alo, I know you said you didn't watch anything. Uh, Joe, I'm assuming you didn't watch Wrestle no, Kingdom. No, sir, I did not. So, my main reason for watching, it was highly recommended to me by both our own Ect2Fly and the godfather of the Matt Madness podcast, Joe Lafferty. My friend? Yes. <laughs> exactly. They both gave the match very high marks and said, like, it would be worth your time to watch it. Now, in fairness, I was going to watch the Jericho match anyway, but them both championing it made me fast-track it and actually sit down and watch it. And, I mean, it was very good. It was highly entertaining. Um, I love the evolution of Jericho and the fact that he's 48 years old and still evolving. Like, the face paint that he's wearing, which really stemmed out of... He had to wear the mask, and he just put the black around his eyes and his mouth so people didn't know it was him. And he said when he took the mask off, he liked how it looked, so he just kept doing it. I like that. I love the idea that Jericho has now rebranded himself as, like, a brawler. (laughs) And he comes across as... Hard to see a little bit. Look at that. Ring yeah, gear. you're right. It's not good. The Rey Mysterio, officially, the Rey Mysterio ring gear from Tuesday, not good. Now that I've seen it. Um, the fact that he's like physically imposing and intimidating and threatening, I really enjoy. Uh, even like his look, like the one press conference, I don't know if you saw it. He's wearing like the kind of like form fitting leather jacket with the black gloves and the, yeah. the hat. And it's, it's almost like. A villain you would see in like a 70s movie like I like yeah I like all the little touches that he's doing I love the way that he's evolved 
And obviously it makes me even more excited to see what he does with All Elite Wrestling. Um, and Big Match Ken, Kenny <laughs> Omega against uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Very good match. Um, I have to give Kenny credit for he's always in character during a match. Like, there are always character elements to his matches. And I know Prep said a couple weeks ago, like, you've seen one Kenny match, you've seen them all. While a lot of, like, the mechanics of it are kind of the same, I like that he's always giving you another reason to care about what he's doing in the ring because he's being an actual human being in there and not just doing moves. And for me, I, like, I personally need that to invest in a match. Like, at this point, I've been watching wrestling since the mid-'80s. I've watched way more wrestling in the last four years than I have any other point in my life, like, from different promotions and different styles. And I feel like when I'm watching a just a match, what are you going to do that I haven't already seen multiple times? There's no match that's really, truly unique at this point. And... It's like I can watch a real fight and get invested in it because I truly don't know what's going to happen. In a wrestling match, there's a lot of stuff that I'm like, oh, I've seen that seen that spot 12 times already tonight. So I need something more, and Kenny always brings a little more to the table than just the wrestling match. And also, Okada, who seems to be the uh, NJPW, IWGP fan favorite or whatever, his finishing move is a short arm clothesline. Come on. <laughs> Jake the Snake Robert used to do that back in the 80s. And he did it well. He did it well, and it wasn't even his finisher. So <laughs> what, a, what a smart take, Pash. <laughs> Actually, now that I'm saying it, it is a short arm clothesline, right? What? Who does the knee that Seth Rollins was doing for Kenny. a while? Kenny. Oh, that's Kenny. All right, you're right. So, yeah, a short-arm clothesline is your finisher. That's your best wrestler in the world. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> um, <laughs> those, are, those are my New Japan thoughts. Big Match Ken, A+. Chris Jericho, A++. Okada, get a real finisher. <laughs> um, <laughs> you want to do the, the Pash Indie Inquiry? Yes. Uh so this so the return of Pash's Indian Korea. This week we're reviewing I'm perhaps not here, so I'm gonna butcher this already right, know. <laughs> I think I'll, I'll do it the best I can. Lady Shani versus Baby Apache. I think it's Fabi. <laughs> Fabi Apache. Yes. Okay, I wasn't that bad. No, you're very close. Mass versus title at Triple Mania twenty six. Mask versus hair. Mask versus hair, I'm talk I'm talking I'm sorry. That's fine. Do you want to go first or do you want me to? Uh, I'll go first. Okay. Um, I'll brush up on my Spanish. All right. <laughs> and um, there was a lot going on in this match. Now, now granted, I did enjoy it. Uh, I forgot who bit, who was biting who <laughs> on their fore, on their forehead. Like the whole one side of her face was covered. Was, um, she had the crimson mask going on. Yeah, Fabio um, Pachi had the crimson mask. Okay. Yeah, uh, I thought the match was pretty good. Um, a lot of nice transitions and a lot of moves. I, I don't know how old the guys in the mask were in the, in the, the skeleton <laughs> costume. He did a suicide dive. I'm like, that must be the Undertaker. He didn't look super fit. <laughs> no, he, he didn't. I'm like, how old is this guy? But 
he might be young for all I know. Um, the the fact that it wasn't English commentary took me out of it a lot because like I couldn't tell what they were saying or hear the story they were actually telling. I kind of had to I kind of had to like wing it a little bit and try to put everything together myself and what they could possibly be saying. But the match was pretty good. But the whole lang- the whole different language thing took me out of it. Learn some Spanish, man. <laughs> Culture yourself. Bone up on your Spanish. Culture yourself. <laughs> um, this, this, this is all I need to know, Joey. Basura. <laughs> That's it. El gato en los pantalones is yeah. muy frío. Yeah. And, yeah. And, 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 and T.A. Lo. That's all I need to know. Well, you did become Mr. Sexy Punta Cana. Then now forever. In Mexico. There you go. I guess WWE stole some of my my name. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> it did. So let's go with that. <laughs> um, so for me, as you guys know, I'm not always huge on stipulation matches, but a match where someone could lose their hair or lose their mask is obviously like Extra. a big stipulation. Like that, there are real stakes to that. So, like, right off the bat, it kind of is like a hook to the match. Like, this means something. Uh, and while I also don't speak or understand a lot of Spanish, I did think the vi- like the, the combination between the stipulation and the vignette they did definitely kind of showed you, like, this has been a real rivalry and a blood feud between these two. And the way the action started was, like, immediately a fight. Which I appreciated. Um, But I thought the in-ring lived up to what that match should be. Like, the intensity and the physicality and, like, the level of, like, determination and urgency both people had. Oh, Um, I'm sorry to cut you off. Very good. But I want to say this. I love the fact that the referees had a match in it. Awesome. (laughs) That's that's actually in my notes. Okay. Okay. So, even though I don't understand Spanish, I'm pretty sure that commentary was at least focused on the the action in the ring and not making stupid advertisements or saying stupid cliches (laughs) that their billionaire owner was whispering into their ears during the match. Um, They didn't say, like, oh, it's Fabia Pachi time. (laughs) I'm pretty sure they weren't doing that. Um... I really appreciated, like, the theatricality of the match. Like, the heel referee who was counting super slow every time (laughs) Lady Shani would go for the pin. Or uh, when the two of those guys were fighting and, like, the medical crew came out and they were wearing the white coats. I thought that was amazing. (laughs) Uh, As if they were pharmacists or they're working in a hospital. Um, The final pinfall... So, yes, when, when the two refs got into it, I thought it was great. But one of my favorite single scenes from the match was when Lady Shani went for the final pin. And the guy, like, the way he leapt over the two of them, like, mm-hmm. just dove through the air to do the count. I was dying at that. I thought it was great. And then you have, obviously, uh, Fabi Apache has to shave her head like the devastation and like her trying to get out of it and then ultimately I always love seeing the horrible haircut 
they do when somebody, <laughs> it's just like the most patchy it's disgusting patchy. shaved head and they're always sweaty so like what's still on there is really wet and I, did, I did that in high school gym once yeah <laughs> went back and they just kind of ran a clipper through my hair yeah on patches. and it looks horrible they were not happy they look like John Cena yeah, <laughs> yeah. I didn't even look that bad <laughs> yeah I also like that there was a certain point where she just kind of took her medicine and started shaving her head herself at one point. And the other thing I want to say about it was the it, the atmosphere, because, like, again, I don't know these wrestlers. I don't really know this story. I don't have, like, a historical investment in anyone involved in it. But the atmosphere in the building, uh, the energy of commentary, to me, that felt like it had the energy level of like a WrestleMania match. Yeah, well, it was it was Triple Mania. That's their Ooh, big. Thing. Is that what it's called? Okay, but that like yeah, that's, that's what it felt show. like to me. Like they captured that feeling of like this was a huge deal. So like while I don't have a lot of that like personal attachment to it, I definitely appreciated how important and how big of a deal it felt. Um, so prep, excellent choice. I thoroughly enjoyed it. That's actually one of my favorite ones that we've done so far. Probably my number two so far that we've done. What was number one? Number Orange one Cassidy. was Orange Cassidy. That <laughs> It'll take a lot to dethrone Orange Cassidy. Um, do we have a choice for next week? Yeah, I'll probably so glad we remember. Yeah, I, I made it a point to not forget. Uh, okay. All right, so uh, for next week's edition of the Indie Inquiry, we're going back to that hot indie ring of honor. Okay. And reviewing one of Pasha's favorites. <laughs> Zack Sabre Jr. versus Jonathan Gresham from Final Battle. Oh, be be prepared. <laughs> I can't to, wait. For me to be way less positive next week than I was this week. <laughs> I can't wait. And it's, it's from Final Battle 18, so we'll have to fire up the ROH um, Zach Club. Zack Sabre versus you? Jonathan Gresham versus uh, Zack Sabre Jr. Well, actually, and I love Gresham, mm-hmm. so maybe this will be tough for me. It, it won't. <laughs> that, that's a needle I know I can thread. Um and the, the funniest part about him picking his, his Zack Sabre Jr. match is while I was watching Wrestle Kingdom, they showed, like, there were a couple times they showed, like, a year in review segment, and there was a segment they did on Zack Sabre Jr. And the whole time, just thinking, like, this dude is so boring. Like, why do people think he's so good? I don't get it. So I'm looking forward to this one a lot. Um, all right, so Zack Sabre Jr. versus Gresham from what show? Final Battle 18. Okay. Was that this year? Um, yeah, the the, pre, the the previous pay-per-view. Okay. December, this, last month. All right, what do we have for listener questions? All right. We got a jam-packed <laughs> question segment. This is from my bestie. This year, the Royal Rumble comes from a stadium for the first time. In comparison to last year's 17,000 in attendance in Philly, they're expecting 40,000 in Arizona. Despite poor attendance at Raw, SmackDown, and House shows, what do you guys think of this new venue for Royal Rumble? I think it's fun. I mean, it's going to give you that kind of that WrestleMania feel, though, because I kind of associate the open air arena type atmospheres with WrestleMania, um, which I always enjoy. But I mean, you're you're planning to Royal Rumble, so I, I, it'll be fun ultimately. But it kind of takes away the special nature of WrestleMania a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so Joey and I actually were talking about this a little before we recorded, and I remember a few years ago 
they were making this big deal about like WrestleMania is like the big show for casual fans, like the Super Bowl type event, and SummerSlam was like the huge show for like the diehard fans. And doing the Royal Rumble at this type of outdoor stadium with that large of capacity makes me feel like that is now the number two show behind WrestleMania, which actually might make sense because I think if you truly talk to like some casual fan who maybe watches wrestling a handful of times a year, they will talk about the Royal Rumble before they bring up SummerSlam. So it seems like that is a good choice to make that like the number two show. I do feel like I'm not sure how they fill that stadium. I think they'll fill it, no doubt. Yeah, I, I, no because, Let because, me rephrase. I hope they don't fill it. <laughs> <laughs> well, because like, like we've been saying, um, we said, we've been saying this since the inception of the show, and especially since they started doing this. Though the, the big four, I don't count Survivor Series because that, that's not that big to me anymore. I hate the concept of Survivor Series now. I've hated it for I've hated it for the last few years for, for the last few years. But Royal Rumble, SummerSlam, and WrestleMania they sell itself. And Rumble to me is probably the second biggest because it le- it's the start to the road to WrestleMania. Now the Royal Rumble as that will sell itself. I have no doubt that that place is probably sold out for the most part. And Raw and SmackDown that's whatever they'll probably they'll probably probably trying to give those tickets away. On Sunday and on and the entire weekend, week weekend going into Monday and Tuesday, but the Rumble that sells itself. WrestleMania sells itself. SummerSlam sells itself. And also Those the Rumble always match. Are the Rumble match is like one of the most unique things to do, and it's like the way like the NFL is always going to be popular because of gambling and fantasy football. The Rumble will always be a popular pay per view because it's very easy. To throw some money into a hat and, and you know pick we do. names and all yeah, the time. And it's just it's probably the one that even as someone who doesn't watch wrestling at all, you could have the most fun with. I already know yeah. I have people coming that aren't fans, just right? Kind of enjoy the mm-hmm. theatrics yeah. of the Rumble. Yeah, like and like you just said, it's pretty fun to actually like live. Like it's fun at home, but live is even better because you're doing the countdown with the crowd and stuff, and you're like, who's coming out? It's it's better live than at home. But like you said, that's all that's true. Right, so to, to be my true self and not be in full gimmick mode, having a huge crowd for the Royal Rumble will make it a more fun and entertaining show, I believe. Yeah, and, and like I'm, I'm interested to see what the what the uh, the stage is going. They use they, they they recycle the same stage, but remember a couple of years ago they had at the Alamo Dome they had that that long ramp. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see if they do that again, which I do think they will. I'm sure they will, too. Uh, all right, what else we got? All right, we have a question from Dom and the Lord, Lord no relation. Mm-hmm. Are you guys going to double or nothing? No. <laughs> and actually, again, to be truthful and not in gimmick, I am going on a trip to Italy with my family in July – and I don't see any way I'm going to be able to afford to do both things. So the Italy trip to me holds a lot more precedence than double or nothing. First trip out of out of the state. First trip out of the US. United States at 40 years old. Like what took me so long? Going back to visit the motherland. <laughs> <laughs> so All no, right. I will not be going. Will you be going? Uh, I'll do my best. <laughs> That's all I can say. 
So you're not all in, but you're you're gonna try your best. Yeah. Fair enough. People people, people are listening, Pash. True. <laughs> all right. Um all right, we got a jam packed question from Elite Collector 215. <laughs> now there's there's a lot to this question, so I'm gonna answer I'm gonna ask each quite each each question individually. Okay. Okay. How diff I think we hit on this a lot already. How different from WWE can AW, AEW be besides the people and the stories told in WWE? It can be significantly different. Um, they're not they're not tied into that PG nature. They're not going to try to I uh, hopefully appeal to every like Ron said. Pick your best product, put it out there. That's all you need to do. So in that in that sense, they could be significantly different. Yeah, my feeling is they are not a three-hour variety show every week. They are not a three-hour commercial for their company every week. This is actually going to be a wrestling show. Um, And I assume a sports entertainment show. To Joey's point, I'm assuming they're not going to be locked into PG programming. They're going to be acquiring new sponsors so they don't have sponsorships that they're worried about losing. Uh, they're trying to gain sponsorships, I'd assume. So they're going to be trying to attract attention. So I do think there's a potential to, to be significantly different from what you see on Monday and Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, I agree with everything you, got, everything you just said. I think that the important – well, one thing that I do like that, they, that they're doing is they're, they're rewarding the workers – and still doing sports entertainment, so that's the one thing that I do like, and they will insult your intelligence. On so it's basically like the thing I've been saying since I started writing for TJR Wrestling. Just because you want to be sports entertainment doesn't mean the wrestling has to be bad. Both things should be good. Put your best foot forward to make the matches good and the entertainment good. And WWE typically just doesn't do the entertainment good or undersells the matches. So I do think there's an opportunity for them to just do both aspects really well. Um, yeah. So I'm glad you brought that up. All right. So the next point, next part is, besides the TV network it was on, what was the difference between TNA and WWE or even WCW and WWE? So first, well, second one, uh, WCW sucked and WWF was great. Um, <laughs> and... TNA, I think a lot of what they did, they had the misfortune of going up against WWE when they were kind of at their apex or close to it. They had so many known guys and so many stars and had built up such dominance over the industry where TNA was just signing like either old guys that nobody really cared about anymore or had a bunch of young guys they developed that just hadn't caught people's attention yet. Uh, but I think, yeah, the difference between this is I think the actual product, while not as probably heavily produced, while not as much content, I think like the actual content they put out will be competitively as good or better than what WWE is doing. I mean, for WCW, there wasn't too much to it that kind of kept me, kept me into it, like I said. Um, they signed a lot of wrestlers that I that I grew up watching, and and, it, and they far past their prime, and the product just wasn't as good as WWE's right. in my mind. 
Um, TNA, again, I watched TNA because I wanted to see what some of these guys were doing, some of these names that they had. Um, the difference, main difference there is that their A product in TNA was really good. Everything else was significantly, significant fall off. So it was like almost unwatchable. So there'd be one or two segments on the show, a whole show that you'd really want to watch. Everything else would be like mindless dribble. That's interesting you brought that up because I think Vince Russo has said this before and maybe Jim <coughs> Ross has said it before that like what made WWF so great in the late 90s, early 2000s was like the top of the card was stacked, but like the mid card was great too. So there was never like downtime during Raw. Like you liked everything or yeah. at least were invested in everything. So that's a, a good a good point. Now, I'll kind of go from the TNA aspect because in retrospect I think TNA came around too early because TNA was the first promotion that wasn't WWE after WCW went under and so there was WWE and then it was nothing else for uh, about a year or so because TNA was working with NWA and they would have a weekly show some pay-per-view and then when Raw went left Spike to go back to USA a month later in October of 05 TNA got their sh- debut on Spike TV now when I say they came around too early because the reason I watched TNA because I had the, the illegal box so uh, I think it was Wednesday or Tuesday nights I would see guys that I knew on pay-per-view uh our truth was there. That's what Roadlog was. X Pac was there. Guys, faces I know. And when you're young, you don't know who the hell. I mean, where the hell these people actually went. You're like, where is what happened? What happened? Right. <laughs> like WWE, they weren't future endeavoring people back then on on dot com all the time. So, and when I think they came around too early was like if you look at their roster from when they got on Spike Christian. Uh, AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, Kurt Angle will come a year later in 06. And like they had guys like Jay Lethal and Christopher Daniels, for example. And the way you, the way we watch wrestling now, for, we know all the other things about Ring of Honor, New Japan, and all the other promotions is because of the internet. And TNA, they came around when the internet was kind of becoming a bigger monster but the way we consume wrestling and everything is different now because before you you had all this stuff you didn't have this stuff in the palm of your hand in order to watch stuff watch stuff on a computer you had to literally be at the computer not everybody had wi-fi yet so some people were on dial-up and you couldn't just open your phone and hit youtube unless you had an iphone in 07 and then like even with the ipod touch you had to be connected to wi-fi to actually watch stuff on youtube so it wasn't as accessible. And I think if, if TNA was around, like was just starting up somewhat similar to AEW, I think we'd have more buzz because you can find this stuff and more people know who these guys are. And you can see their body of work easier than what you could back then. And then it didn't help at all that Jeff Jarrett was in charge of it. <laughs> it didn't help at all. It didn't help at all. And, and like, like I said about YouTube, uh, YouTube came out in 05. WWE didn't get a YouTube till I think, February of 07. And TNA had theirs in 06. But 
they weren't like uploading matches. They were just uploading like small video packages that were like around a minute to two minutes long. So basically and, you had to almost be like a scavenger to be watching TNA back then. Yeah, yeah, because in plus they had the they had the deaf time slot. They were on Saturday nights at like ten. Oh. Yeah, like they were they were yeah, and then they were not they were in every deaf time slot between they were on Fridays at ten at one point. Then they got the Saturday ten o'clock slot because I would watch it on Saturday night, and they've been on every every day of the week since, and they're going back to Fridays at ten o'clock again. And they're going to be competing against SmackDown before the end of the year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm not sure if the new network they're on because they moved again. I'm not sure if it's worse or better than what they were on, but they're also going to be live streaming on Twitch now, so that that might help a little bit. But it also for TNA, it also didn't help that. They kind of followed the WCW mold after a while when they started bringing in Hogan, Nash, Booker T, and all the, all the other guys. Like when they brought in Sting, Joey probably attested this. That was a big deal. That was the first time anybody saw Sting since WCW went under. Yeah, it was so, big news. Yeah, so so they did things right. It's just the fact that they quickly became WCW, and they even like had the balls to go against Raw. At yeah. The, at, at like their peak, like, like, okay, we can face Raw now, and then they, they that didn't last long at all, and they lost that battle e- easily. Right. Yeah. Well, what are you gonna do? We wouldn't have Samoa Joe and AJ Styles <laughs> <laughs> right now. That's someone I like to see win the Royal Rumble. Samoa Joe. No, oh, it would be awesome. Oh, it would. I'll be very happy. <laughs> all right, now his other question. Mm-hmm. All right. Does the person that running AEW really know that much more about wrestling and how the business works than Vince and company? So right now on the indie shows, IG and stuff like that, they're top notch. I won't take that away. But running company having storylines for everyone while being quote unquote fresh and original and essentially being funded by an owner with no wrestling background sounds like a familiar story if you ask me. It does sound like a familiar story, but I am happy because I I think that makes me feel like the owner is not going to be involved in the creative process. I think the people who actually do this for a living are going to be the ones involved in the creative process. Two, I think clearly I would not say that Vince McMahon and WWE are for sure going to be better than them at this because I think the aspect that Vince and WWE excels at is... Like, obviously, Vince has a lot of experience as, like, a touring brand that is touring like a traveling carnival or a traveling circus all the time. He's been doing that for, what, 40 years? Um, I think Vince, obviously, has a head start in, like, dealing with TV networks and, like, the business side of things. But as far as the actual creative TV product, I don't know that they could be less good at it than what we're getting out of WWE. So I'm not concerned with that at all. Joey? Oh, it's definitely a concern. I mean, I didn't really have a question in that in that last one, but I'll just kind of spitball it. Um, yeah, I mean, it could go either way. And I know that's not kind of an answer. <laughs> it, de- it depends on how they manage it. Like you said, are they going to have someone there who doesn't know what he's doing managing the product? Or they're going to 
leave it in the hands of someone who's experienced, who knows the product, who knows what wrestling fans want to manage the day-to-day. So, again, there's two avenues, two paths. Time will only tell which one they choose. But it can go either way very, very quickly. Yeah. Halo? Uh, well, from th- for with this, it's real important that all the egos are kind of put to the side uh, because there's so many go- there's so many like the elite they're a group so there's like a lot of people involved so you have to put the egos to the side and the communication is key that's first but the most important thing they had to do is they have to hire people that are smarter than they are about these th- about certain things they have to h- bring those kind of people around them because that's the only way that they're actually going to succeed you, they can't act like they know everything you all, like you have to you have to defer to others. Like that's why I'm glad on this show that when we do the show weekly, if I have some if if Eric has something indie to talk about, Ring of Honor or whatever, he'll go to prep. If you got if you guys have a question about um, the last twenty years, you'll come you'll ask me. If I have a question about what happened in the eighties when I when I wasn't born, I'll ask you. Like it's they have to be able to, to defer to others and be surrounded by a team that are smarter than they are in the departments that have to be done. Because that's the most that's that's most important. Because if you want it to succeed, you have to have the perfect team around you, and that's and you always have to hire people that are smarter than you in certain aspects to succeed. And I think the fact that they're putting their own necks out on the line to do this tells me that they are probably motivated to hire the best people they can, and not just that ah, we'll do it ourselves. I think yeah. that they will be humble enough to hire people that they think can excel. Yeah, and that goes back to what we talked about earlier with Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho being in, that's that's big right there because he's been around Vince and WWE for 20-plus years and been in the wrestling business for 30. Bringing in Billy Gunn as an agent, that's big too because he's been in the wrestling business for, for around 30 years too. So they're already doing the right things that need to be done, but they have to bring in people that are smarter than them and know more than them in order to succeed. Now, Grant, do they have the final say in most things? Yes, but... But you have you have to bring in people smarter than you. If I was running a basketball team, if I was the owner of a basketball team, I would just I wouldn't hire my friends. <laughs> if I got to hire a GM, uh, you know I'm going I'm going to somebody that I, I, I think I think is a great GM. I'm the best water boy around. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, Joey, for that job, my neck won't be on the line. So get if you if you can get LeBron his gay rate on time, then you're hired. <laughs> you get two. <laughs> there, you, there, you, there you go. You're hired. But yeah, you got to surround yourself with the best team as possible in order for you to succeed. Agreed. Uh, what else? I think that's it for tonight. Okay. Well, thank you everybody for the questions. Who do we have? We had Eck, Donovan, and Elite Jay. Okay. Yes. Uh, thank you guys for the questions. Always like to have that added to the discussion. I guess it is time to close this out. Joel Embiid. Come sit down, trust the process with us whenever you're ready. All-Star break coming up soon, although I assume you'll be busy with the All-Star weekend festivities. Uh, LeBron, throne is still waiting. Maybe you should take a break from All-Star weekend this year and come sit on the throne with Matt Madness. Um, Go back and listen to our old unsanctioned and throwback episodes. Alo, do you have any merch that you would like to move? Yes. What a maneuver on that to embrace Madness. All right, so for Mr. Sexy Puntacana, then now forever, All Systems Joe, C.K. and Joe Rottermill. Here's to you, Mean Gene. <laughs> yes, you weren't here last week when we was got not, to do that. So I gave my, I gave my. I'm glad you did that. Uh, for 
<clears throat> Mr. Wednesday Night Live, we call him Alo. The ladies call him Balo, Aaron Lloyd. I am Ron Pashery Jr. And we will see you next week. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist of Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again. Fans mocking man, man, I hate my balls. Shut the mystery man, it ain't shake the land off the cell. Fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome. Well, what I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.